Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. And what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. To the town of our Hello, folks. One fine day. Did it to us again. Bastards did it to us again. Your Seattle Seahawks, your undefeated 3 0 Seattle Seahawks, division leading Seattle Seahawks, beat the Dallas Cowboys, preseason Super Bowl favorite, or at least one of the favorites, uh, certainly a darling. And boy, did they make it painful. Not only how they did it, but who they lost along the way. So we have a lot, a lot to debrief on. And let me first just welcome in the crew. We got we got a fivesome for you tonight. Uh, there's just too much to talk about. We had to get more people on. So first off, I'm going to welcome in uh, Evan Hill at Evan in SEA on Twitter. Welcome, Evan. And I'm going to run, go and introduce everybody, and then we'll just start talking. So next, I'm going to introduce Dana Gorman at Dana OG on Twitter. Next, uh, Derek uh, at Derek, D-E-R-Y-C-K-G underscore. Your do favorite. that again. At D-E-R-Y-C-K-G underscore uh, on Twitter. And then last but certainly not least, Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Woo! All right. I, I don't know exactly where to start, folks. I, I, uh, I it's so easy to start by complaining. I want to, I want to talk positively about the defense. Can I start that right. off? Yes, that's a surprising way to start, and I, I think it's a good way to start. Let's do it. Well, it's highlighting one person, Ugo Omadi. What a game! What a game. I, I feel like he had four or five key defensive plays where he was either in the backfield, was making a key tackle on second or third down. Ugo Amadi is exactly 
who we needed to step up in this game. And he did. They lost so many folks across the secondary. Jamal Adams got hurt. Quentin Dunbar didn't play today. Trey Flowers was absolutely abysmal. Shaquille Griffin was getting burned on several plays. Ugo Amadi made plays today. And I don't really have any further analysis outside of I'm really excited about Ugo. Well, I mean, if we're giving out some roses on defense, I think there's more than just Ugo. Yeah. Um, Jeff, I mean, who are the other guys that I think are worth, you know, that you think are worth being uh, complimentary of on that side of the ball? Uh, I would go with a couple. Alton Robinson, I thought, played really, really well. What is that? On the final drive, uh, he had a couple big plays throughout the game. I thought, I thought Shaq Griffin, the, the pass rusher, made some plays around the end of the game. And I think Jaron Reed had some good plays in the game. And Benson Mayo, who almost didn't play. The rest of the guys, not so much. So if we want to start positive, those were my guys. But, oh, that was painful to watch. Oh, I didn't realize this, folks. You may have already. But um, the Arizona Cardinals lost to the Detroit Lions. So your Seattle Seahawks are alone on top of the toughest division in all of football, the NFC West. That's uh, that's some more good news. Um, yeah, I'd agree with you on Alt Robinson. I don't know what his final numbers were. I mean, he had three tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack, um, and a QB hit. Um, I thought he was, I thought he was really solid, and certainly confusing why he was not active for the first two weeks, given what we just saw. Um, Dana, Dana. A ray of sunshine who sees, <laughs> who sees light in the darkest tunnel. Uh, what do you make of that game? It was awful. <laughs> but I want to know who. I will do it. I will. I swear. No, here's the thing. I want to know who the hell Ryan Neal is, and I want to shake his hand because he's now my favorite player that I've never heard of. I mean, of course, we knew he was there, but who the hell was Ryan Neal? I'm so excited that he's there. So thank you, sir, for catching that football. Um, you know, this game had the best and the worst of Seattle. Um, they had, you know, the amazing play of Russell and we still, it seemed like we're pretty much all completely baffled that Troy Aikman kept saying he was off. I think, I think his rating, I think he had like, I don't know, was it like 130? I don't even know. It was ridiculous. Like he had a great day. And so, but the defense, as much as we hyped the secondary and how excited we were preseason about how we had, they thought they had kind of turned the corner on most parts of this defense. I think today it showed that that was not the case and there's still quite a bit of work to do. Man, uh, <laughs> you can't mention Troy Aikman without a little bit of a rant. I mean, I, I cannot believe, I was actually defending him a little bit earlier because we were complaining about him in the chat. And I, I do think Russ was off in the first half, not overall, but I thought he was you know, off target on some throws he usually makes. And, and that was of note given how he's played so far this season. But to say... At the, the point where he threw the two-point conversion, that was the final margin of the game. Yeah, Russ has just been off today. <laughs> that is just a ridiculous thing to say. On the, the touchdown to DK, touchdowns. he the throw. I mean, that, there, there's only one explanation for that, and it's sour grapes, cowboys. Like, oh, that's God. the only reason that you could possibly have that be the thing that comes to mind. I mean – it was a little bit of a tough catch for, I think it was Jacob Hollister, right? On that two-point conversion. But it was that was not the thing to talk about. That was absolutely not the thing to talk about. Derek, 
in the short time I've gotten to know you, you, you seem like a, a man of reason. So, so I don't know what you're doing on a post game show because this is like completely <laughs> batshit crazy. Most of the time, tell me what your thoughts were uh, watching that game. Oh, uh, where do you even start? It's uh, the first half was, was encouraging the offense, you know, put up, put up uh, 23 points in the first half plus, you know, could have been 30 easily with the DK touchdown uh, or not touchdown. Um, so that was really great. And then, you know, they come out the second half score again, you know, you're thinking, okay, this offense is just going to, you know, steamroll the Cowboys, but uh, then it slowed down and kind of collapsed for, you know, the rest of the third and fourth quarter until the last drive. Um, and then the defense also collapsed, you know, Jamal Adams getting hurt is, is a pretty big blow. And, of course, no pass rush continues to be a huge frustration. So emotions are all, all over the place after this one. I hear you. And Nathan, I know we only have you for a little bit. So why don't we get your comments in here? Uh, you know, you're a man of mystery right now with no video, but we assume that that's actually you. Are you even here, Nathan? Or are you just... No? Nathan's the uh, Trey Flowers yeah. of our podcast. He's, right he's now. getting his Andy Reid background set up. I mean, I understand being speechless, but, uh, you know, even it was quiet in the chat today, too. We all were having meltdowns the whole afternoon. You know, must, must be the calm one. It's arguable whether or not a black box with just a name that doesn't speak is better or worse than what Evan brings to this show on a regular <laughs> But, you know, Evan actually dropped so that Nathan could come on. I, I kind of feel like Evan might need to come back in here and, and save us. So no one does post game like Evan Hill. Um, so, wow. How do you guys feel about DK Metcalf after this game? Because I'll start. I mean, that was inexcusable what he did on that play. I mean, there's no explanation. There's no like reason why it's okay. There, there's really nothing. And I think he knows that everybody knows that, but it's just, it's really odd that he even had that reaction to just loaf into the end zone. But honestly, I didn't think he did much to make up for it the rest of the way. The last play he made the game winning touchdown. <laughs> he did. He caught the game winning touchdown, but there was a lot, a lot, a lot of game between when he messed up and that final play and he was pretty much not a huge factor. And I really thought he was going to come back after that and just be angry and earn his way back. And to be honest, he didn't, in my estimation, he didn't earn back what he cost, um, you know, in terms of the overall game. Jeff, what are your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. Uh, I was really struggling. I'm, I could never be a quarterback because I do not have a short memory. Maybe like Derek or Nathan, the more balanced emotional guys do, but I had trouble getting over that play the whole game. Like every time, just that the, the momentum of the, not the momentum, momentum's stupid. Um, just like the, having that two score advantage the whole game would have been such a big difference. And I know DK did make it up with the game winning touchdown. So obviously great, but just the whole game, they had that could have had that extra touchdown and they were almost chasing. And you're right. There was a play where he had the ball thrown, ran in his hands and he dropped. He had a play where a couple guys around him and he dropped. He just didn't make enough plays against a pretty weak secondary, to be honest. And he obviously burned them on the two touchdowns. Well, only one in the end, but he should have had more. And it's annoying because Tyler, we should be talking about this being like Tyler, the Tyler Lockett game. He was dominant. But we have so many negative storylines that we can't really focus on that because D 
DK made us sweat it out and how bad the defense was. I can't promise that, that these numbers are right because they're coming to me from my son, who, as much as I love him, math is not always his strongest subject. But Dana, he's got DK after this game on track for 64 catches, 1,584 yards, and 16 touchdowns, which I think sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went over he's 110 yards today. He's been at basically 100 yards every game, 94, 95, the other two games, 16 game season. You can figure out the math there. What do you do with this kid? Four catches and eight targets. He was the only player in the first game against Atlanta that had an incompletion. He was four catches and eight targets in that game. Is there something to be concerned about here with DK Metcalf? Like, is it possible to be concerned about a player that's on track for 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns? It would be a complete waste of energy to be worried <laughs> about a kid like DK Metcalf. It really would. Here's the thing, and I said this in our chat, and I really need it, and it's absolutely no you know, shade to DK. The kid was getting a little cocky. He knows how good he is. You, if you follow any of his social medias, you can kind of feel it from him. You know, he's feeling himself pretty hard as he should be because he's playing amazingly well. This was a good little life lesson for DK Metcalf. And I say that because he will not make that mistake again. He is not going to think that he can just stroll into an end zone. I guarantee you the rest of the season, probably for the next couple of seasons, He's going to hold that ball like a baby and run completely through the backside of the, t- of the end zone. I think that this was probably good for him. Um, on the flip side, as you guys were talking about how he didn't make it up, I-, I think that that was somewhat of had to do with the Cowboys play too, because I think that they were really doubling him. They were really watching him. They know what he can do. And this just happened to be Tyler's night, even though he still had 110 yards, he still had a great, you know, night. This was really Tyler's night. And I think that that is where the focus should be. He, DK Metcalf is just in his second year. This is when those players make the big jump and he is going to learn from this. And I think that it will probably be good for him in the end. Yeah. Fumbles were an issue for him last year though. They were, this is the second time he's fumbled right. at the one yard line out of the end yeah. zone. He right. did against the 49ers as well. you're as you're as passionate as of a a dk supporter as anybody how do you feel about his game today yeah first of all you guys made me put a shirt back on for this show so i just want you to know i'm i'm taking great sacrifice when Uh, has that ever been uh (laughs) i mean Uh, your best moments have been when you're showing us your nipples with tattoos on them I I heard what Jeff said about DK Metcalf though. I, I I found that play very hard to get over until that last touchdown catch on that uh, final drive by the Seahawks offense. This is I you know I, I was chatting with some buddies here just now about that play. And one thing I'll say is yeah, it was a super costly mistake, and I'm gonna bitch about it for a while, and that's totally okay. But one thing we need to realize is that's a mistake that he will never make again. Mm-hmm. He will he will remember that for the rest of time. So thank God the Seahawks won. Thank God it wasn't in a high stakes playoff football game in like an NFC championship game or something. I'm pissed about it. I'm still annoyed about it, but the Seahawks won. And there's a lot, there's many more things to be concerned about. I think coming out of this game, especially injury wise. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about that though. So Derek, you're welcome to join in on the, the DK conversation, but there's a player that I think is going to get missed in this game. I think he's not the first player, the second player, probably the fifth player that's going to come up. But Greg Olson had a game. It wasn't big numbers-wise. I'm looking at it now. Five catches, 61 yards. Five catches and six targets. He keyed the touchdown before the end of the first half. 
with that catch that that got him to the one he caught the fourth down that led to the game-winning touchdown the guy made some plays and we needed it so uh, yeah what's what's your take on on how how Seahawks receivers and tight ends played in that game Derek I'll just briefly touch on the DK thing and it's not even really about DK uh it's about Pete Carroll and how he handles these sorts of mistakes and stuff. Uh, we saw this last year with Chris Carson's fumble issues and, you know, he didn't, you know, in press conferences, he didn't, you know, punish him or anything like that. He said, no, Chris is our guy and we're going to support him and we're going to, you know, we're going to get this fixed. And so I really appreciate the way Pete handles these, these sorts of things. And I think, you know, like Dana said, he's not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> he's going to protect the ball when he's going to the end zone. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, as for Greg Olson, I think, it's, it's still a growing relationship with Russ. I think he had another drop today. Um, and obviously the pick six last week, that was, that was unfortunate, but um, it's a growing relationship, but I think they have good chemistry. You know, we saw that week one when Russ threw that ball before Greg even turned around, right. And caught the touchdown. Uh, and Greg came up big again, several catches, like you said, Brian. So I'm excited about that. One thing, uh, you know, the tight end room, Will Disley is just kind of not showing up very much. He, he got, he gets a couple targets a game, but He's really been not what I think we all had expectations for this season. That's interesting. I think that I put like 0%, maybe 2% of that on Disley. Like I haven't seen them try to utilize Disley that way almost at all. So, and in fact, they didn't even target a tight end until almost like the end of the first half. It was all going to receivers, which makes me kind of hopeful that the Seahawks have more in their their toolbox that they haven't really unveiled yet. And, and I mean, they have quality tight ends. Hollister certainly contributed today. He had, was it? Touchdown one, and a two-point conversion. One touchdown and a two-point conversion. Can we, can we stop there on Hollister? Yeah. <laughs> Nick Ballore was active, but Hollister played all the fullback snaps. Did anyone else notice that? I didn't notice that. It's a good call out. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Nick Ballore is very good other than on special teams. So maybe that's, that's his sole purpose. It's can we just cap off conversation real quick through three games? I don't know if you guys mentioned this. Let's just, let's just review DK's targets yards or no catches yards and touchdowns for three games. He's 12 catches, 300 yards and three touchdowns for three games. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about pass. his, his, he's on track for a massive season. Um, and yet, he's left he's left a lot on he's left some considerable things on the field so far yeah i mean big drops big fumbles you know so i think that just means he's got more in him than what he's given which is kind of insane right um you mentioned Hollis. see what joe fan just tweeted out what did he just tweet out seahawks are still 100 percent in the red zone through three games yeah skybox shoddy that's crazy yeah. Well, let's talk about part a big part of why. It's not just shoddy. One very own Russell Wilson. And quick shout out to our boy, uh, Cable Thanos, Josh Cashman, for his uh, NFL Sunday Countdown uh, participation. And to Zach Whitman. Um, great to see a member of Seahawks Twitter on there. He represented well. Um, he's putting up with some good uh, ribbing on Twitter for his appearance. But uh, good stuff. Russell Wilson. 24 70 315 yards five touchdowns no interceptions the most touchdown through three weeks ever in the nfl he's on track for 
74 touchdowns. <laughs> Turns out letting Russ cook is, uh, a, is a good thing. Number. That seems well, good. They have to this year. They have no chance to play any other way. Yeah. So, well, yeah. What did you guys think of Russell? I mean, what, what, what was your, what was your take? I mean, anything that stood out for you guys on Russell, Evan, go ahead. We're just, I'm so spoiled. Like <laughs> at the end of the first half, I look, I, I was like talking to my buddies and I was like, man, Russell seemed kind of off. And he had three touchdowns and like nine yards per attempt. And, you know, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 60% completion rate, he was low on a, on a couple of, um, on a couple of throws, but I, Derek, I actually wanted to throw this your direction. I'm not sure if you saw the actual uh, finals, final numbers on this, but Seattle was much more aggressive on early down passing usage than I felt like what, like matched the eye test. I don't, I don't know. I I'm just looking at the, is Russing is Russ cooking meter that I'm <laughs> on Twitter here, and they were barely less aggressive than they were against Atlanta in neutral situations on early downs. That's uh yeah, that's pretty surprising. Cause is that not surprising? Like the eye Didn't test feel that, like- that feels really surprising, and I and I think there were a lot. You know, I'd have to check the numbers, but there were a lot of second down runs in this game, and that was frustrating. <laughs> I think there a lot meaning there's like two or three <laughs> i mean like most. the third quarter the third quarter where they looked like they were about to get comfortable yep well guys i mean chris carson yeah, had too many the most carries. he had about. 14 carries in this game and russell wilson was next with six carries and i think at least three of those were scrambles if not four um and i i want to kind of ask you guys about the offensive line um as well on this front right so Russell was sacked four times, but by my count, at least two of those were like clear coverage sacks where he held onto the ball for five mm-hmm. plus seconds. You know, that's hard to put it on the offensive line. Um, there were injuries. Mikey Potty left for a little bit. He came back. We lost Damian Lewis. We don't know how bad. I don't, I, I'm hopeful on that one. I got to be honest. I don't think that's going to be a season ender for Damian Lewis, um, but we'll, we'll find out. I thought Jordan Simmons seemed to account himself reasonably well. Dwayne Brown, I thought, had a rough game, especially in the first half. Oh, Alden Smith was working was him. Murdering yeah. him, yeah. Working him. I think he was Do you think that's because he was injured? Like, do you think, like, Dwayne Brown was, was less than 100% and that was why? Or do you think he just was a lesser player? I think, if you, in my opinion, the thing with Alden Smith is that he was gone and he had all those troubles and he never finished the season and, you know, DUIs and hit and runs. I mean, all the crap that comes with Alden Smith never changed the type of player he was. He is fast. He is good. And he just wasn't available (laughs) for lack of a better word. I think that he is just an amazing player and Dallas grabbed him. And I think he was just a lot for how old is Dwayne Brown now? Like 35, whatever. He's, he's a lot for Dwayne Brown at this point, but I think he's going to be a force through the whole season for Dallas. I think that it had more to do with, with Alden Smith than it necessarily did Dwayne Brown. Are, are you guys prepared for, are you guys prepared for the Cowboys and for the national media to talk about this as a game that the refs gave the Seahawks? Really? I, I'm fully prepared for that to be the narrative. Why? Did it feel like there were some super... I mean, other than the super generous fourth and one spot they gave them, yeah, for that was, sake, it was ridiculous. Let, let me be clear. I'm not saying I think that that's fair or accurate, but 
there was enough calls that went against the Cowboys in key situations. And I know that fan base is just sour grapes. I, I would not be surprised if that's what we hear is just complaints about calls. Um, did you guys feel like the, the referees had any questionable calls there? I think Dana made a great call out that fourth and one that I actually think benefited the Cowboys was an outrageous spot. Mm -hmm. Like talking about when uh, Zeke Elliott was, was mm -hmm. tackled. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have a TV view, but that did not look like it was a fourth down conversion. No, he was a few inches short. I mean, Jeff, how about you? I mean, the, the, the Cowboys were flagged 10 times for 59 yards. Seahawks were flagged, uh, let's see, five times for 30 yards for half, half the penalties on, uh, of the Cowboys. Any of them that you thought were questionable? Not really. Like, a lot of them were on the secondary. And the secondary all day had trouble. You know, you saw Lockett's couple of Lockett touchdowns where he's wide open. And a lot of them were pretty legit. And the Tristan Hill guy, who's the one who ripped Carson's leg, is the guy who hit Wilson in the head. Like, if he doesn't make that play and the Seahawks get stopped on the two-point, they might not win the game. So I think that's just like – if they come out and think that's why they lost or that's the national, that's just embarrassing. There's so many other things to take away from the game. Their secondary gave up a ton of – like three deep balls for touchdowns. Mm -hmm. they, they can't complain about that. Ezekiel Elliott had a disastrous game. He had balls going off his head. Ooh. He was running backwards. And they scored like – they had 500 yards of offense. If they lose with 500 yards of offense, you can't blame the refs. Good point about Zeke Elliott. He had a rough game. Mm -hmm. 14 carries for 34 yards. I bet most of those came on that first thing. And ankle sprain. Yep. Sorry. Injury update. Yes. Has ankle sprain. So Ooh. that sounds potentially positive. That's better yeah. than it could be a high ankle. Which could it be is though, but Pete said knee sprain for Bruce last week, and then he had a torn ACL. So, yeah, but ankle. I mean, it, it could be a high ankle sprain, and let's say worst case scenario, he misses like six weeks. Like you Adams know. has a groin sprain, and Brooks That's has a one. sprained knee. Not okay. sure yet if any are serious. Let's let's talk injuries since that's coming up. Mm -hmm. um, let's rank order concerns about injuries and let's let's put our uh, doctors uh, scrubs on uh, as if we actually know what we're talking about and, and make some guesses about how long they'll be out. Yes, Dana. Oh, you have them. Oh, that's I right, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll get them yeah. so long. <laughs> you don't have to pretend. Nope. <laughs> so, all right, Dana. Let's start with you. Okay. First, well, we, got, we got Damian Lewis. We got. Jordan Brooks, we got Jamal Adams, Upati who came back, so we don't really have to include him. Um, Chris Carson. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, I think that's all. Jordan Brooks. I think yeah. I said Brooks, but yeah. Did we hear of what those, was wrong with Brooks? Brooks knee. Of those, which was most concerning to you? Can I say, I'll tell you tomorrow because that's when the Monday morning, well, let uh, me tell you, I think obviously it's Jamal Adam, I, that um, Adams or Brooke or um, Lewis to me, Lewis was doing so well. And Russell looks so good behind that line. Um, I think it says that the x-rays were negative on Lewis. So that makes me feel a little better um, about that. So that's good. A groin I, and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Cause I'm not hundred percent sure, but it, that's like two to three weeks often you think. 
I think it's generally going to be a few weeks at least. Yeah, Groins are not. It's it's. Too. I think it's highly unlikely to expect Jamal Adams to play this next game. And that's against the Dolphins, so I'm all right with that. But here's the thing. Um, I think that with what we saw happened after Adams left and the complete collapse of that secondary, I mean, it wasn't great to begin with, but then it was really bad. I think that has to be your biggest concern. Um, but at the same time, I really liked the way Lewis was playing, and I really hope that he can get back in because Russell just looked comfortable behind that line. Yeah, I, is it, it terrible for me to say I'm not that worried about Chris Carson because I like I like Hyde better than you guys do. So I think that that the run game, the way we've been, the Seattle's been playing, the run game will be fine because they aren't leaning on it so much. But I still don't. God, I don't want him to be hurt for a third season in a row. That, oof, that really I think sense. Carson is it's big. The only thing that 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 makes that like I think Carson, we don't know for sure, but it looked to me. By the way, it looked like a dirty play to me. The guy, oh, the guy right. kept oh, twisting after he was down. There was no reason for him to hold on to that leg. That was bullshit. And, and roll. I mean, I, I saw it happening during the play, and I was like, what the hell? And then Carson grabbed his knee, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I even saw Cam Chancellor complain about that. So It was I mean, bad. That play should be investigated. It should. Yeah, I'm not even dirty. kidding. Like, that is a dirty play. I called it out in the moment. I was like, he was down. And it was the roll afterwards. Yeah. That was completely unnecessary. No reason for it. No reason for it. I I would, I'll be surprised if Carson hasn't torn a knee ligament. Like that's what I'm kind of braced for. Mm -hmm. And um, I think losing Carson for the season is a big deal. I, 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 there's a lot of folks on this pod that are like pro Carlos Hyde. I'm like, I think the guy is at best, at best, 75% of Chris Carson. Uh, That's that's at best. I don't know. I think I think Carson is a significantly better player. I think it puts more oh. emphasis on Rashad Penny coming back. It might mean that we get to see DJ Dallas, who was active yeah. today, but we didn't see. So there's those pieces that are maybe more hopeful, but I think that's a big one. Um, Jeff, I, I think I think the Jordan Brooks one for me, if that's serious, that's maybe my biggest concern of, of really of these because I. Th- I haven't seen enough of Brooks to say, but I have seen enough of Cody Barton to say that he is just an okay player. Like he's not a starting quality player in my estimation and having to have him be your starter. I don't love. In fact, I would argue Shaquem Griffin is maybe a better Sam linebacker than Cody Barton. I thought I thought Shaquem actually made some nice plays, not even just in pass rush, but in, in coverage today uh, at the end of that game. And, and he's a playmaker. I haven't seen Cody Barton make any plays. Um, so that's, that's my concern is, is Brooks. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's part of a bigger picture right now that Brooks, Daryl Taylor and Damian Lewis are all injured. So that's their first three picks. And by all indications, picks they thought were pretty good. So taking all three of those guys out of the lineup is really, really tough right now. And Brooks showed some stuff in coverage early in the game before he went out. I didn't see too many sideline to sideline plays. He adds a lot of speed, but uh, I don't know. He'd rank pretty low on that list for me because just I think obviously Adams is so much bigger. And I don't know if we've spent – I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this, but the corner play is so bad right now outside of the slot. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, just had, taking Adams out too. It, we what we were thinking this might be the best secondary right now. It looks like maybe the worst. Oh, my God. So, I have to give it to Johnny Tsunami in, in chat. He wants to make sure all of you guys know to not worry that Trey Flowers is perfectly healthy. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Uh, Derek, I want to follow up on one conversation. Uh, Seahawks passed on early downs 67% of the time. More than Atlanta. 
That seems uh, 38 was, out of 57. Yeah, it was 64 yeah. point something in Atlanta. Yeah. The, you know, one thing that influences that is that uh, Seattle kind of got ahead in that Atlanta game early and they were able to run more. And so that, that's going to, you know, draw down your early, early pass percentage. Whereas this game stayed tight the whole way through, really. So you're, you're going to keep passing the ball. I want to call out uh, Udit on, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, uh, uh, our, one of our patrons. Um, if you haven't already, what's keeping you from joining? Patreon.com slash Hawkblogger. Uh, get immediate access to our Slack channel where we'll keep talking uh, even during the week. So uh, it's five bucks. I mean, what's keeping you from doing that? And and uh, we, we raise money for charity. So come on. But he, uh, he points out a good point, which is you got Miami, you've got... Minnesota, and then you've got a bye week. So if you're going to have a Jamal Adams three-week absence, probably couldn't pick a better time to do it than maybe maybe when they play the Jets and Giants. Uh, late season Jets, Giants, Washington <laughs> yeah, stretch. <laughs> That's a pretty good stretch, teams. too. I think those New York teams lost like 72 to 6 combined today or something mm-hmm. like that. Was this, was this the toughest three-game stretch of the season for the Seahawks? They have like a stretch where they have a bunch of division games in a row. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's in the middle. It's right before that New York, New York stretch. But in how terms of passing offense, is yeah. How good do you think Dallas is? Their passing offense is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the secondary, like, I mean, secondary isn't great, but Dallas's yeah. pass offense is absolutely legit. Mm-hmm. They may have the best wide receiver room in the league. Gallup yeah. Was <laughs> How bad are these corners, guys? Horrible. I mean, Shaquille Griffin had the pick, and he gets kudos for that, but Shaquille Griffin is not playing well through three games. No. he Right when they were about to like kind of stomp that game out, they had a punt, and there was a penalty, and they have them deep in the, at the six-yard line, up 30 to 15. And Griffin lets two plays for 96 yards or 94 yards, where he's not nowhere near the guy. Like we were arguing whether he's worth eighteen million dollars at this point. I Who was arguing that? Maybe Evan. I wasn't arguing. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, through three through three weeks, I'm eating some major crow. Yeah. Because... Where are you on the extension with him? Do you even like if they signed an extension right now and it was affordable? Are you excited about that? No, I want to see how the rest of the year goes. I, I'm not confident in him right now. And, and it sucks to say that because like, I, I love him. And I think, I think he has a ton of potential. He's just a really inconsistent player. And if he wants to be paid, like the money that he's rumored to wanting to be paid, the first three games don't cut it. Derek, I got to say, one of the things that was most concerning about Shaquille Griffin wasn't his coverage. His coverage was awful. Most of the game. The thing that really got me was the last one of the last receptions he gave up on the well the two play <laughs> Shaquille Griffin touchdown drive that Dallas had when I, I don't know it was Wilson or whoever had the crossing pattern that got in front of Shaquille he stopped running he stopped running like he just he like did not run after him to try to tackle him he just slowed down to a jog there's two things that that said to me one like this guy doesn't have the grit that I want to see in any of my Seahawks players, or he's starting to lose confidence in himself, which is almost worse um, as a cornerback. And I thought he came back a little bit, but what, what do you make of Shaquille Griffin? Like 
does this guy have what it takes to actually come back and be a solid starting cornerback? I think we've seen it. I mean, we saw it last year for the first 10 weeks. He was, he was fantastic. It was a pro and then, and then right? over, over, you know, the last six or so games last year, it kind of didn't go so well. And same with the playoffs. It didn't go so well. And now to start this season, it's not going well. So I don't know where I'm at. I, yeah, I think I'm with Evan that I wouldn't want them to sign an extension right now. Uh, there's just, you know, we've seen it's, you know, we've seen more probably bad play than we have good play from them. All right. Uh, you know, all, all told together. So I, I want to go round Robin with this really quick. Everybody. Yes or no. Next week. If Quinton Dunbar can't play for some reason, do you want Trey flowers to start? Or what is his name? Lyndon Stevens? And let me make it I'll even let me make it even harder for you. Let me make it even harder. If in in base defense, non-nickel situations, do you want Trey Flowers starting or Ugo Amadi? Trey Flowers does not deserve playing time right now. Is, yeah, is there anyone that wants Trey Flowers on the field regardless? Like that you'd take him over even guys that are on the bench right now? Anybody? I'd probably take him over guys on the bench, yeah. Okay, Derek, tell me too. why. I, I, I'm ready on this one. Come on. Oh, David, I don't, you're there too? Tell me, tell me. A little, this much. I mean, do you have any faith in, in the other guys on the bench? I mean, is there I any hope? I will take the possibility of performance over the pot of no possibility of performance. Trey Flower has proven he's not the guy. He, he no. wasn't close today. And that looked like the Green Bay game, the playoff game. The, no. the ball landed in his stomach sitting on the ground. That was a tip ball. Like, that's as weak as it. Sorry. I'm a little, I no, was no, no. really, Trey, I, I, it drove me nuts watching Trey play today. I don't, he, I don't think he should he play just, on the field. No, he doesn't look like an NFL player, to be, to be honest. He can't, he doesn't have the coverage or the ball skills to start on this level. He, he just doesn't. And the Dunbar acquisition was supposed to motivate him, but that's as bad as a game from a corner you can ever have. He, right. he looked, yeah, let's wait, let's move on. Uh, no, I, 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 I feel bad because I, I screamed it and Derek and, and Dana. Here. So why? Like, what is it about Trey that makes you guys feel like, yep, let's let's give him another chance. What are you seeing that I'm not? I think he had some good games last year. And and so you've seen, you know, no, are they Pro Bowl level games? No. But has he played to, you know, the point of being, you know, potentially a starter? I think he's played there last year. And yeah, he's had a few rough games, but. I'm probably taking him over the guys on the bench. Dana, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I, I, I think it comes down to the devil you know, right? Like, so we could throw one of these other kids in there and maybe they need to do that. Maybe they need to throw them in for a couple of plays just so we can see what happens. But we can't discount who they were playing against. They were playing against Dak Prescott, who's fantastic and those great wide receivers. I want to give a little bit of leeway with that. Would I be worried about Trey starting against the Dolphins not near as much to be quite honest with you and no offense Dolphins fans but you know against Fitzpatrick I don't think I'd be as worried um but but here's the thing I think that what Derek said is right we saw that flashes last year and I said when they got Dunbar I was very excited about that but I was also very comfortable to have flowers as a backup as we thought we might need him here and there I still feel that way now does this with Stevens? Is that his name that could come in? Maybe they need to throw him in there for some place so we can at least get some eyeballs on him. But I don't know. I'm, 
I, I more wouldn't, of a slot guy. Yeah, and so I just think that maybe it's, I don't know. I think it's more the double unit. We know what we're getting, and maybe that's better for game planning. I Hopefully, know. Dunbar. You know something? I make that pick today. You I make that. I, I, Hill, I give you a hard time. Today. You make it. I, I make it. I, I, I'm just, I'm not going to make any claims about my cover skills, but if that hits me in the chest, that's an interception. And if, if, you, don't, if, you, if you don't it, catch it, yeah. you, if you don't catch it, I'm pretty sure you don't kick it up into the receiver's <laughs> hands to make it a completion. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. That was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, oh, you're such a Thank human, Dana. <laughs> I, thought it was, I know, God, to God. Yeah, that was no. not, that, I think that was a low point for me during that. <laughs> that a low point for everyone? How does that, ha- that it doesn't was, happen very often. I mean, it's one of those, are you freaking kidding me moments? And so I laugh because what else can you but do? But you know what that was for me, Dana? It was, it was the Tedrick Thompson moment. It oh, was, fair. that is now, that is now forever a description of a moment where you are no longer allowed to play in the secondary for my <laughs> But these are moments where uh, these are defensive moments that break Brian. Dane. Oh, you understand that this will forever break Brian. Brian oh. will remember this for a long time. <laughs> I'm nearly in tears. Like that was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. No, it, it was pathetic. And I, I truly believe he was playing time. Did you, see, did you see when, when Dak went at the end of the game, he went up top. Um, I can't remember who he's passing to but against Shaquille Griffin. And, and like, I don't know who it was. It was like Gallup or CD Lamb or someone was up against Flowers and had like a wide open slant. Like Troy Aikman called it out. Pointed it out, yeah. I don't know why they're not throwing that kid's direction. I'm like, oh yeah, God. We can laugh because we won. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, hey, like Evan, your boy Jason Myers did his job today. Jason Myers is flawless through three weeks. 100%. Everybody shits on this man every single year, every offseason. Oh, man, his contract was so bad. He paid him $3.5 million a year. <laughs> Get shit on. Get shit on. Jason Myers is flawless. Everybody can eat shit after that. You know what? I love that rant after he kicks four <laughs> extra points. <laughs> That's a good game. Hey. Did you see that Dallas kicker today? I know. Dallas I know. That's what I'm saying. Hey, we got to get Trey Flowers. He blocked an extra point. Fair. He did. That was important. Yeah. Special teams has actually been pretty good. Like Michael Dixon was awesome today. Yeah. They have they they created the play that forced the well the guy dropped the ball that that led to the safety. Did a bunch of good special teams tackles. That was quietly yeah. a pretty good strength today. It's true. And you know, you know what's funny about that, Jeff, is you're totally right. But have you guys noticed that our punt coverage people are not getting downfield? Like there was a number of times where Dixon hit a punt and it bounced like four or five times. And there still was nobody from the CX coverage team within the screen to see them yet. I'm like, are they just really slow? Are they like playing some kind of special blocking? I don't know, but that seemed a little odd to me, but you're right. Dixon was great. Um, I also want to call out one Mr. Jaron Reed. Ugh. How do you think he played today, Evan? He played okay. He's yeah. no Quentin Jefferson. He's no yeah, Quentin Jefferson. How, Jefferson. How, many sacks, how many forced fumbles did uh, did Quentin Jefferson have today? Yeah, all the Quentin Jefferson talk got real quiet when they almost blew a 28-3 to lead today. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's very confusing to cheer more for a player that is not on the Seahawks than one that is. Jaron Reed, in all seriousness, played a good game. That wasn't his only good play. No, he 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 played a good game today. Like the, what 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 we saw from Jaron Reed today is what we need to see from him all year long for this defensive line to be anything close to mediocre. Yeah, they're just, they're just the defensive line showed at least something today, though. They did, they did. Not great. And they're like Demontre Moore had a brutal game. Ooh, yes, penalties. Uh, yeah, that offside. Which that play at the end where Benson Mayo has him like lined up for a sack and he almost got David Tyree there. If that had gone for a touchdown, oh. if, I, I mean that. Without, well, let me ask you this: When that ball was in the air, what were you expecting to happen? Because you couldn't see was, where it was going. Wide open touchdown. I was expecting. Yeah, Jeff. I, I I was pacing around my basement the whole fourth <laughs> quarter, and when that play happened, I threw my hat on the ground because they had him sack, came over, and then. I, I thought like it was kind of like the can play. I gave them like a one percent chance of making a play. I I I definitely was like, that's gonna be a touchdown, isn't it? Like, it was maybe not like a hundred percent, but I was like over fifty percent. Let me ask this crew: which team had more quarterback hits today? Seems like a trick well, question. The, the way you're asking it, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be the Seahawks. <laughs> But would That's any of you have though. guessed, let me ask you this, since I've, made, I've pretty much given it away, would any of you have guessed that the Seahawks had two more quarterback hits than the Cowboys on the day? No. no. Brian, there was that one guy who kept writing us during the game. Did you, that Seahawks guy was like, oh, I told you. Like, Which guy? Was, there was like some Seahawks fan who, me. who kept writing us during the game because we said like the Seahawks line would be would be fine against their pass rush. And every time Russell got hit, like, oh, the Cowboys defensive line is killing them. You guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we're wrong about all sorts of I things know, like that's kind of our brand that makes me feel way better <laughs> they had more people quarterback don't tune, people don't tune in for us to be right about things they tune in like <laughs> no otherwise evan would be off the show <laughs> yeah we evan, call the I, secondary maybe the best in the league evan's been like he's on a <laughs> hot streak like be. he was on, on about dk last like i have said this week his takes are not necessarily at all based on logical process but he has been like shooting some some bb's in the dark and, and and nailing them nailing some birds i'm really i'm really frustrated with this secondary though and and i and i oh. just want to bring up that conversation back here for, for a second like Rogers this was supposed to be of this defense guys like I, we this pass rush you know has struggled obviously and we've ex- we expected that going into this year like it was pretty predictable but this secondary is not the strength that it it needs to be and I don't know if they need to make moves. I, I don't know what they need to do, but I don't think they're going to be able to sustain this uh, in the long run. Let me put it that way. Well, no. they were missing Quentin Dunbar today. And I know Quentin Dunbar hasn't been amazing, but he did I have a hit last game and, and did play better last game. So I, I Even think- Diggs didn't really have a great game, though. Like, Quandre Diggs didn't play that well, on first sight, at least. I, I agree. I mean... Yeah, I, I can't argue. I mean, my most hopeful thing about that secondary is Ugo Amadi. I thought Ugo played really, really like if his if his if his PFF grade isn't really high, I'm gonna be like they've got a vendetta against him because I thought he was everywhere he should be. 
Yeah. Um, two point stop was huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, without Jamal Adams, we're going to see, I think you got to give Ryan Neal some credit. Um, he had the, the final interception, which wasn't a hard <laughs> interception, but he caught it, which is more than some people. And, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, seriously, if he yeah, hadn't caught it, if he hadn't caught it, the Cowboys would have had another play, right? That was, I know. That's Evan that's Hill, quarterback great. That's all I have to say. Dak could have just thrown that ball away and, and they'd had another chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Benson almost sacked him on that one. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird about Dak? I mean, I, 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 at one, on one hand, the guy threw for almost 500 yards and, and was really had a lot of great things. On the other hand, I kind of don't fear him in those moments. Like, I, I, I don't know. I have not seen him consistently be the guy that steps up whereas russell wilson it's just like every time i mean i was i have to admit i'm coming clean when the cowboys went up i was pretty much like this isn't gonna go well seahawks offense has been struggling the seahawks defense can't stop anything even if the seahawks score seahawks defense is not gonna stop them like but russell wilson i mean he found multiple ways i just i don't know about dak i mean i think he's a really good player i'm not saying he's bad but do you guys do you guys have those same question marks about him as a quarterback? I think it's just I, an unknown so far. Like he's still a fairly relatively young player, isn't he? Like, I don't know. I, I I think also when you compare him to Russell Wilson, like I'm not sure you'd want another quarterback in the NFL over Russell Wilson in like a two minute drive. So I don't know. Dana? Yeah, no, I was gonna agree. I think that we have to we have to look at it a couple of different ways. I think that um I think that we are a little spoiled and that because when I will admit when they went up 31 30, yeah, I started pacing. I paced my back hall. It's just what I do. But at the same time, I was like, Oh, if anyone's going to do this, we Russell's going to, we're, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's only if they don't leave him enough time. And then they left way too much time, but that's another conversation, but we'll stay so calm during the games. Yeah. Will kept telling us to calm down, but he had a good point. Yeah. We'll put this on, on Twitter and I'm sure you guys will see this. He said, I don't understand how you can be panicking when you have Russell Wilson down, you know, one point with two minutes left and say he's the MVP at the same time. And I get that. And I kind of, um, I, I, I understand where that comes from because I have full faith in him. I didn't have faith in the defense to stop him if they left him any time. So that's kind of where I got, but I think that Dak, I, I don't know. I think I, I think that this year is going to be a little bit of an adjustment because of a new head coach. And so we'll see how that goes. But I, I Dak doesn't seem to have the threat level that maybe a Drew Brees or a Lamar Jackson and some of the others have. I agree there. All right. Well, we've covered a lot. Um, I haven't done, verified this for sure, but I think the Seahawks have scored in every quarter so far this season. Uh, they scored in all four quarters this this game, and I'm pretty sure they did that against uh, New England as well. I know they did it against Atlanta. They're going to have to keep scoring. Um, we know that. Um, you got to look at Dak Prescott as a guy here. If you're a Cowboys fan, as much as you're excited about some of the numbers he put up, two interceptions at the end of the day, a fumble, you know, that that turned into a touchdown. I think uh, that, that's got to be a concern um, if you're a Cowboys fan. But – I think you got to assume that this Cowboys team is going to be in the playoffs looking at that NFC East. I mean, who else? The, the Eagles tied the Bengals today. Like, 
it, it's in Washington's awful. Um, I don't know who else is going to do it uh, in that division. So definitely not the Giants um, after what happened here. So anyone else have other items before I wrap on this game? This- I'll, I'll just say Seahawks have scored 111 points through the first three games. That is, that is incredible. What is their average <laughs> per game? Because you guys were talking about this before the season started. They had to hit a certain number. 20. Brian, your number was 27, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 111 through three games is 30. 37. 37. Thanks for the math. Wow, <laughs> uh, Brian, the math guy. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually right, but it's around. Okay, well, let's see. Point four. <laughs> Yeah, they're way ahead of yeah. any other team. The it is 37, Brian. Is, is Buffalo at 93. So Seattle has 111, Buffalo's second. Yeah, but at Green Bay hasn't played yet tonight. And they're, they're well, the Aaron Rodgers just got sacked. So if you saw me fist pumping, <laughs> that was why. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of interested to go watch that game as well. Um, yeah. Anything else, Evan, Dana, Jeff? Parting thoughts? We got to fix one defense. Point. But go ahead. Go ahead, Evan. Sorry. Oh, no, no. Evan, you go first. I'm sorry. That was the extent of my thoughts. We have to (laughs) fix this defense because it's a problem. It really is. It's not going to hold up in the playoffs. They have to do something before the trade deadline. All right, Dana, you go. And then Jeff, I'll give you, I'll give you last. Yeah. I, I, and I think Pete Carroll, they was asked about the defense in his um, post game. And he said that asked if he had confidence on the, getting the, the pass rush from the inside. He said that they're always looking. So Fingers crossed, right? My, my point is this. I, I have said this the entire time that I've been covering the NFL, and I think that this season it applies even more than, than it normally would, is that I don't think you truly know who a team is until you get to week four to six. I think that that's when everything gels, especially new coaches, new players, rookies, all that other thing. With not having a preseason, I think that's even more so. So do I have confidence in this defense? I, I don't right now. Do I think they can get better? Yeah, I do. And so we'll just hopefully, if these injuries aren't serious, because – I mean, I, they, the Bears lost their running back today to an ACL. I mean, there's just so many injuries. It's out of control, I think. But if they can get those pe- pe- people back, get through their early bye week, which is going to be beneficial this year, I think that we're, we have some hope there. Are they going to be a top 10? No, but hopefully, you know, it'll be enough to keep other teams at bay. So I, I want people to hold their judgment just a little bit. Let's, let us get through six weeks before we completely write them off. Jeff, parting thought? Uh, yeah, I don't think we spend enough time talking about Russell Wilson, to be honest. Anyway, but second, we'll, we'll spend a, we'll spend more time on that later. Uh, my parting thought is uh, the next two games are going to be really telling for me of how to evaluate the defense. They played some three of the hardest offensive. Brian kind of alluded to that earlier, and they played Miami and Minnesota, two offenses that have are not are much lower in terms of quality in passing game. One of the things, just like I talk a lot about league wide stuff. I, I watched almost all the games today this morning. I don't know if it's a thing related to not the fans not being there, but I find around the league, it's much harder to play defense and the scoring is way higher than usual. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's hard to like, no lead seems safe. So I feel like a lot of the games just might be like this. Like if Seattle had that crazy noise today, when they went up and they had the ball at the six yard line, like, I don't know if it's as easy to hit a 94 yard touch, like the 94 yard drive. So I think this is something that, Maybe periodically gets better as fans come back in, but this seems to be a league-wide trend, not just a Seattle trend where teams, if you watch that Bills-Rams game, for example, usually 28-3 lead in Buffalo, that's over. And the Rams just march, march, march all the way back. So I think this is a problem. 
across the league and why offensive numbers may be so high and the lack of preseason might hurt the defense, usually when defenses start ahead of the offense. Yeah, those are great points, Jeff. And I'm also, I got my eyes on the fact the Seahawks, uh, they had announced that they are going to keep uh, no fans for the first three games of the season. And I looked at that and I was like, New England, Dallas, and Minnesota, those are like games you really want to have your fans to help you win. And I, I think fans would have made a difference in this game. I think that that Cowboys offensive line was already shaky and to have the, the fans in their ear, I think would have made a difference. I think it's crazy. I think you look at this game, the CI scored 38 points. They really scored 45 guys. They really did. Like it didn't show, but they, I mean, they basically did and they didn't, they struggled some <laughs> like there was points in that game. They struggled and they put up what should have been 45 points. Like they almost put up a 50 burger. So I think we're seeing a historic offense right now. Uh, you know, I think that's not a crazy thing to say. And I think we're going to have to see how that goes. Looks like they're going to need it, but guess what? There's been other Super Bowl winners that have, that have needed that kind of performance on one side of the ball to do it. Um, I wouldn't take any other unit on either side of the ball over the Seahawks offense right now, period. Um, and that's a pretty good place to be undefeated against what I think are going to end up being three pretty good teams. I know the Falcons are zero and three, but man, that's t- those are some tough luck losses. I think we might see Dan Quinn getting let go, unfortunately, but, but, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to remind people. One, that we got another show coming up on Wednesday this week. Uh, There'll be a lot to talk about, a lot of news that we're going to have to go through in terms of of, uh, injuries and other pieces. Um, We got already a handful of additional patrons that joined up during the show. I'm getting notifications as they're jumping in here. So join the party, patreon.com slash hawkblogger. It's five bucks. Come on in, add you to our Slack channel. A lot of good conversations, a lot of good stuff that is nothing from the group on the show. (laughs) Some of the smartest people aren't even on our show. So it's great to have some smart, friendly people talking Seahawks and it's a good uh, distraction from all the other stuff going on in the world. So um, we welcome you, love to see you there. If you haven't already, click subscribe, click the the little bell, get notified when we go live. And folks, last thing I will say, next game we play very well might include Snacks Harrison. That's something to look forward to. I think that I think that could be something that is something to build on. So let's hope. Let's see. And uh, with that, I'm going to say good night and uh, go Hawks.